Again, the Israelites uh, taught by God to follow. The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Where you had to reiterate that yourself, but I did. Don't panic. Trust. Trust. Uh, and then following leads to faith. Faith leads to worship. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're outlining this passage of Scripture in the, these 21 verses, I want to just give you four things, uh, uh, just kind of uh, just, just the, the practical teaching tonight. Uh, so uh, the practical teaching, uh, there's four stanzas in a song. So if you open up a hymn book, you'd see verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, I mean, it's really broke up into four subject contents. There's four stanzas. There's four verses uh, let me give you verse 1, verse 1 tonight. Verse 1, first five verses, verse 1, our God is victorious. Our God is victorious. That's verse 1. I mean, that's a good verse by itself. I mean, we could just sing that chorus over and over and over again. Uh, our God is victorious. I like the choir sings, our God is victorious. He always wins. He always wins. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we, we serve a God that always wins. He never loses. Uh, he, never, he, never, uh, he, never, he never lost the battle. Uh, on the cross, Jesus didn't lose. Uh, he always wins. We serve a, a victorious God. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our God is victorious. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Uh, I mean, as, as these Israelites are reiterating what just happened, I mean, uh, by the way, uh, they weren't exactly a picture of trust on the other side of the Red Sea. <laughs> Uh, they were panicking, they were, they were pulling their hair out, they were running for cover, they were falsely accusing the leadership, the spiritual leadership that God had given them. Why have you led us this way? Why have you done this thing to us? Why We're going to perish, we're going to die. I cannot believe, Moses, that were there no graveyards in Egypt? I mean, uh, uh, we could have been buried there. Uh, why in the world are we going to be buried in the wilderness? And what did God do? He buried their enemies in the bottom of the sea. He buried their pursuers. Remember that enemy, that old enemy. He's a pursuer. He's an accuser of the brethren, but he's a defeated foe, isn't he? And we can trust God. And they learned that. They learned that. They were were singing the praises of the Lord. I I spoke this afternoon, and we've been praying for uh, Chad and Kate's uh, niece, Alexa, and uh, she's in um, Phoenix Children's Hospital. And uh, I I got to get her on the phone uh, today and and prayed with her. She, she went through one surgery, and she's still in ICU, and they're praying. She's got a surgery on a fracture in her arm. Uh, she's in a, a, a car accident that was fatal on the other side. A, a woman died, and, and uh, she was hospitalized, and uh, just been praying for her. Got on the phone and prayed with her, and then uh, Todd, Chad's brother, uh, was praying with him, and uh, he said this. He, he said this to me. He said, it's such a blessing to know, even though we're far away in distance geographically, that God is here with us and that prayer counts. And he says, I'm just, we're just new Christians and we're just figuring out. Uh, and I said this to him. I said, listen, I said, Todd, uh, you, you learned through biblical education that prayer works. Now God's teaching you through experience. God's teaching you through experience. Isn't it like that? We learn sometimes the, the facts, uh, but you know, what really causes us to worship is when we experience those facts. Uh, it's one thing to say God is good. It's one thing to, to read the Bible and say, okay, God is good, God is good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. It's one, one thing to read that. It's another thing to experience that. Meaning, you find out God is good. Uh, I mean, you, at the end of the day, God is good. We know that's true whether I feel that or not. But when you experience God is good, boy, I don't know about you, but you want to burst into song. 
You want to to sing to the Lord. Uh, Our God is victorious. It's one thing when we we hear that he uh, is victorious. It's another thing when we see uh, that he is victorious. Their education led to experience that caused them to worship. Uh, Our God is victorious. Uh, Verse uh, 2, verses 6 through 10. Our God is mighty. Our God is mighty. Uh, he's talking about all the weapons, all the, all the enemy. All, the enemy came uh, with uh, chariots. And thy right hand, O Lord, verse 6, uh, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. The greatness of thine excellency. Uh, God is mighty. With the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were, were gathered. You think about uh, what manner of man is this that the winds and the waves obey him? Uh, uh, think about what kind of God this is that God just kind of blew a little bit and part of the sea, and he took care of all the enemies. Is anything too hard for God? Is, is anything too hard? There's nothing uh, too hard for God. Our God's victorious. Our God is mighty. Isn't he, isn't he mighty? God is mighty to save, isn't he? Uh, there's no person too hard. Uh, there's no person too difficult. There's no sin uh, that's too deep. There's, there's no pattern of life too destructive that our God cannot save. That, that, that our God cannot, cannot fix. There's no problem in America or in this world that God can't fix. Uh, there, there's no problem in your life that God can't fix. Uh, there's nothing too hard for our God. Hey, listen, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you, for me, for you. Our God is mighty. Verse 3, third verse uh, breaks into uh, what I'm sure has inspired many hymns. Our God is good. Our God is good. You notice in, in verse number 11, 11 to 16, and they said unto Moses, because there were, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 15, I'm reading chapter 14. Chapter 15, verse 16, fear and dread shall fall upon them, but the greatness of thine arm, the greatness of thine arm, uh, they shall be as still as a stone till the people pass over. Uh, 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 the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Hey, verse 16, fear and dread. God is mighty. God is Good. Verse, verse number 11, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Our God is good. Our God is great. Our God is an awesome God. I mean, think about how many anthems uh, the greatness of our God have, has inspired. I mean, you just, you flip through the character of God. I mean, look, look at what he says. Our God is, is, is no, there's nobody like you. You're glorious in holiness. You're fearful in praises. You do wonders. Does, does our God do wonders? Come on. Are the miracles over? No, no. The miracles are not done. God's not done. You with me tonight? God's not done. Uh, our God is good. Our God is great. Verse number four, fourth verse of the stanza. Uh, our God keeps his promises. Our God keeps his promises. Look at verse number 16, fear and dread. Verse number 18, the Lord shall reign uh, forever and ever. Verse 17, thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. Think about this tonight. It says in the sanctuary, in the sanctuary. You know the place that the Lord has ma- is made to dwell in is, is you and I? He says, I'm not going to dwell in temples made with hands. Now I'm going to dwell in you. You're my sanctuary. You're my temple. The Lord has made us his sanctuary. The Lord has made us his temple. Has God promised to, to dwell in us? He has. Has he kept that promise? Absolutely. 
He promised them here that he was going to dwell in the sanctuary. They were thinking sanctuary. Uh, There's going to be a temple. There's going to be some kind of sanctuary. There's going to be some physical place like the tabernacle or the temple. And God said, you don't even know. You don't even know. One day I'm going to dwell in you. One day I'm going to dwell in you. Think about it as Jesus talked to the woman at the well. Uh, You worship in Jerusalem. Uh, We worshiped in these mountains. Uh, Jesus said, there's going to be a day where neither at Jerusalem or in these mountains. But those that worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. God is going to indwell them. God is going to make them his habitation. You, You know what's awesome tonight? God is in us. He dwells in us. His spirit is in us tonight. And he keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. Four stanzas, what a great song. Our God's victorious. Uh, our God is mighty. Our, our God is good. Our, our, God is, our God keeps his promises. Learning to worship again. But let me just give you tonight the, the application. Practical thoughts, uh, but let me give you the application. The application to the worship tonight, number one, worship is commanded. Worship is commanded. You know God commands us to worship him? He tells us to worship him. Uh, a personal worship is commanded. Corporate worship is commanded. I mean, I'm, I'm commanded personally to worship God. We're commanded as a church to corporately worship God. You know why? That's, that's why it's important that we encourage people to come to church because you can't worship God corporately if you don't gather corporately. God's commanded us to worship corporately, but God has commanded us to personally worship. And God's commanded us all to worship, every individual uh, that we would worship a Christian who doesn't worship is disobedient, so worship is commanded. Let me give you another, another thought. Worship is more than singing. It's a heart attitude. Worship is more than a song. It's a heart attitude. It's more than singing. Sometimes I think, well, we, 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 we kind of mark off a place in the service and say, okay, we're going to worship. No, worship is the attitude that we have. Worship is our heart condition. Worship is not a song. Uh, we, don't, we don't play music to, to uh, uh, make people worship. Worship is my heart attitude. I worship the Lord. I've already determined to worship the Lord. My my heart is in a posture of worship to God. He's worthy of worship. Worship is more than singing. It's a heart attitude. Uh, How about this one? The object of our worship is important. The object of our worship is important. You know the enemy wants to replace Jesus with a lesser object in your worship? He would rather us worship ourselves. He would rather us worship him. He would rather us worship anything other than Christ because the object of the worship is important. You know, a lot of people say, well, worship, we need to worship. Yeah, but who you worship is important. That is just as important that you worship. You can't just say, oh, I'm just going to worship. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. Yeah, but who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping Christ? Are you worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the object of our worship is important. You know, some people worship music. Are you with me? They don't, I'm not talking about worship music, I'm talking about they actually worship the music. They worship the music. The music is what they worship. I really love that music. I really like that music. I, I, I'm drawn to that music. That music, that music. We don't worship music. We use worship, we use music to worship God. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting, uh, music was never a way, was never a way to evangelize. You don't use music to evangelize lost people. It's always interesting. You do a study on worship in the Bible. The, the, uh, the people that worship are always Christians, believers, and the object of their worship is always God. The purpose of their worship, the audience is God's people and God. It's not the lost world. We don't, we don't evangelize through music. The purpose of music is not evangelism. 
music is a mode to worship God, it's important that the object of that worship is God and not the music itself. You with me? Because sometimes we get caught up in the music and we fail to think about the object of our worship being God. Some people are so caught up in the mechanics of things. Are we doing that right? Is, is the methodology right? Is, is, are we doing this? Are we doing it? Listen, just worship God. Worship God. Uh, it's important that you worship the Lord. You know, God cares that you worship. He wants you uh, to worship. The object of our worship is important. How about this? The Lord is worthy of all worship and praise. The Lord is worthy of all worship and praise all the time. The Lord is worthy of all worship and praise. The Lord is worthy of all worship and praise all the time. There's not a time where God is not worthy of worship. It's like, what? It's, it's Sunday at 11. It, it's Sunday at 5. We need to worship. We need to worship. No. God is worthy of worship all of the time. Think about when they worshiped. They worshiped after a victory. To me, that's immature. They're just learning to worship. Are you with me? They're, they're just learning to worship, and so they worshiped after something good happened. You know when you mature in your worship, you learn, you learn to worship after something bad happens. Uh, uh, that, that's important. We're going to get to that towards the end, but, uh, but I'm saying to you tonight, sometimes if we're not careful, we only worship in good times. We worship when God does what we want him to do or when he does what we think we deserve. The Lord is worthy of all worship, all praise, all of the time. Uh, how about this? Uh, God never puts great emphasis on the mechanics or the methods of worship, but he does put great emphasis on the motives of worship. He doesn't put great emphasis on the mechanics or the methods of worship, but he does put great emphasis on the motives. Uh, It's interesting that some people, when they talk about worship, they spend a lot of time talking about mechanics and methods, but they spend little time talking about the motives. Are motives important to God? I mean, are you with me tonight? Does God know our motives? Does he know the reason why we're doing what we're doing? As much as we like to say we have pure motives, God knows whether our motives are pure or not. The motives need to be pure. God always puts the emphasis on motive. He doesn't put the emphasis on mechanics. He doesn't put the emphasis on methods. If we're being honest tonight, we worship methodology. God does not. God never worships the way something is done. God never accents, puts emphasis on the way something is done. Now, the way something is done should flow from, should flow from the motive. Meaning, if the motive's pure, the way we do it should be pure. If, if what we're doing is right, uh, what eventually is done should be right. Uh, but what I'm saying is sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on mechanics, we put a lot of emphasis on methods, but we don't put the emphasis on the motives. Think about this, John 4, 23, woman at the well, uh, he's speaking to an unbeliever who doesn't understand worship. True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, he said. True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. He says this, God is, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Does God care about uh, the the motive of our worship? Absolutely. You know when we worship God, it's impossible to do without God's spirit. Unless it's done in spirit, it's impossible to do. God is a spirit. We cannot communicate God uh, to God without spirit. You know what he did the day, the day you and I got saved? He quickened us. He took that which was dead and made it alive again. The part of us that was dead uh, clearly was our spirit. Our spirit is what allows us to commune and fellowship with God. Our spirit is what allows us to communicate with God. God's a spirit. 
How can we communicate with God? God created us. Didn't he make us in his image and likeness? Originally, we were made in the image, of like, image and likeness of God. Uh, God is uh, uh, three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He made uh, man three parts, body, soul, and spirit. A complete man is body, soul, and spirit. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. The spirit is what we fellowship with God. Is, uh, let, me, let me prove it to you. Uh, um, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, let, me, let me prove it to you. Uh, our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we're the children of God. The witness of your salvation is within. If you have a spirit, you're a child of God. If your spirit is dead, you're not a child of God. You can't worship God if there's no spirit. You can't pray if there's no spirit. You can't communicate with God if there's no spirit. Uh, there's nothing spiritual about us when our spirit's dead. You know, when, 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 when God saved us, he quickened us. Our spirit bears witness with his spirit. Hey, listen, how about this? Our spirit bears witness one of another that we're the children of God. Our spirit bears witness one of another. So there's something about being around other Christians that identifies, hey, listen, that's a, that's a believer. How do I know that's a believer? Because their spirits bear witness with my spirit. It's hard to articulate. It's hard to, it's hard to explain but the truth is, it's there, isn't it? That person's a believer. That person's a believer. Uh, I, 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 they're a believer. Their spirit's bearing witness uh, that they're a believer. The motives. Uh, how about this one tonight? Number six. Our, our corporate worship should flow from our personal worship. Our corporate worship should flow from our personal worship. You know how uh, to have dead worship in church corporately? Have a bunch of people come in, especially Christians, uh, who don't worship God during the week, who don't worship God. You, you know how to, how to have a dead prayer service? Get a bunch of people together that don't pray during the week. You know, you know how to have, have a dead preaching service? Get a pu- bunch of people together to listen to a message that don't get in the word of God all week. You want to have, have an exciting preaching service? Get a bunch of people together that read the Bible every day. You want to have an exciting worship service? Get a bunch of people together that worship God daily. You want to have a, 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 a really awesome prayer service, get a group of people together that pray, that pray. I mean, personally, are, are spending time in prayer. It's hard to talk to God in a group when I don't talk to God alone. It's hard to worship God in a group when I don't worship God alone. It's, it's hard because, you know what, you know what the, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to be forced to pretend. You with me tonight? Group gatherings where what I'm doing is not authentic daily is going to force me into a mode of having to pretend that I am doing it daily. I have to pretend. I have to put it on. Uh, You know, some people, because they do pretend, they judge everyone else the same way. They say, well, I'm pretending, so everybody else is pretending. Not true. Not true. Uh, Just because some people do doesn't mean everybody does. Just because some people pretend doesn't mean everybody's a pretender. Just because some people are hypocrites doesn't mean everybody's a hypocrite. And some people judge that way. They say, well, I'm pretending. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm worshiping, but it's not authentic. I'm listening, but I'm not really. I'm praying, but it's not deep. And, and the problem is, the problem is in our personal life, isn't it? The problem is, is that we often judge other people based on what's actually happening in our own life. You want to you know, you know, want to know the truth tonight? Uh, the, 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 the people that are most... Uh, 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 sensitive to criticism are the people that are the most critical. The people that are easily offended are the people that are doing most of the offending. That, that's, that's a Bible truth. 
And if I'm not, if it's not flowing from my personal life, then corporately, I'm going to have to fake it. Corporately, I'm going to have to pretend. Corporately, I'm going to have to act like it's authentic and it's real. And then the sad thing is, is that eventually it progresses to where someone just says, well, I'm not even going to fake it anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And then we're in, we're in disobedience to God. We're in a sad place when we don't, are you with me? We're in a sad place when we don't want to worship God. We're in a sad place when we don't want to hear God's word. We're in a sad place when we don't want to pray. And by the way, if you're in that place tonight, uh, you're only one step away from changing that whole situation. You, all, you ha- all you have to do tonight is just say, I don't want to be this way anymore. I, I, I mean, God is worthy of worship. I need to worship him. I, I mean, God talks to me through his word. I want to have a conversation with him. I'm not going to let anything keep me from that. Uh, tonight, uh, as I left uh, tonight, I said, I'm not going to let anything keep me from worshiping the Lord tonight. I just want to worship him. I don't care what goes on around. I don't care what other people think. And by the way, you have to die to that because people can think whatever they want to think. People can say whatever they want to say. It doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it real. It doesn't make it authentic. They can say all they want. They can criticize all they want. There's always going to be critics sitting around doing nothing, criticizing what you're doing. But the truth is, you, you just have to die to all that and just say, I'm here for the Lord. I'm here for Jesus. I'm here to worship him. I'm here to preach his word. I'm here to gather together with his church. And by the way, that's exciting tonight. That's an awesome thing. Uh, Our corporate worship should flow from our personal worship. Then lastly tonight, I'll close with this thought. Worship begins with education. It grows with experience. And it matures in expression. Worship begins with education. It grows with experience. And it matures in its expression. Think about that tonight. You know, uh, as I learned about God, as I learned about God, I began to desire to worship God. You know, it's not hard to get kids to worship God. It's not hard. They're not jaded. They're, they're not thinking. You have to plant those things in kids. But they're, not, they're, not, they're not thinking evil. Uh, uh, they're, they love to worship God. You tell kids that God's good, they'll sing it top of their lungs. God is good. You tell kids Jesus loves me, Jesus loves you, they'll sing it top of their lungs. Jesus loves me. They're excited about it. It's real. You know what happens? Sometimes later, everything is just about education. We just, come on, more information is not what I need tonight. Are you with me? I, I didn't come tonight for information. I didn't come to give you information overload. I, I, I really, I don't want to do that to you tonight. Really, the desire tonight is not is not that I would pass on more information to you, but rather that I would inspire you. Uh, I don't want just information. Information is, uh, I, get my, uh, I get my notes and I just read them. I'm passing to you information. I'm just passing you information. Preaching is not about the passing of information as much as it is the inspiration. I'm trying to inspire people to do what God says. I, I want you to take the text I want you to love what God's word says. I want you to to take, and by the way, it's important that we say what it says. But I want us to leave tonight inspired to worship God. Are you with me? Because to me, at the end of the day, if that didn't happen, then I wasted your time. And I wasted my time. We're we're not here tonight for more information. If we're being honest tonight, I I know who you're here. It's Sunday night. You know, you probably know all this already. I I didn't give you a new thought. I didn't give you a new idea. 
Preaching is not about preaching something new. It's about inspiring us to do something that we already know. It's about inspiring us to do what God's word already says. When did praise and worship leave our church? When did it leave our lives? When did, when did we get so dry-eyed and, and crusty and just kind of like, uh, you know, oh, it's just another service, another song. Oh, we're going to sing, we're going to sing. There's a big difference when we sing and there's a big, uh, when we sing and when we worship, there's a big difference. Sometimes, if we're being honest, church, we come and we sing, but sometimes we worship. Sometimes we worship. As you mature in the Lord, you begin to feel, sense the difference. I'm sometimes, um, I'm saddened by the fact that I feel like maybe we didn't worship God. I feel like sometimes maybe we just sang songs. Um, I asked uh, I asked uh, that group to sing tonight. They came up with the songs, but I said, I said, would you lead the church tonight? I want us to worship God. I want us to worship God. I was thinking, we sang, I'm amazed that you love me. They sang that. Uh, we, we sang, I mean, we sang some great songs tonight. Think about it. We closed with, my Jesus, I love thee. I'm amazed that you love me. We closed with, my Jesus, I love thee. You know, if we just sang the song, but we didn't worship it really didn't have a difference. It didn't make a difference in our lives. You know what I, I, what I want us to do as a church? Determine to worship God. God, teach us to worship you again. Help us to worship you. The more you worship God personally, you know, let me just help you tonight. Worship God where you are, wherever you are. Worship God in places you enjoy to be in. You know, sometimes you may just need to go for a walk in a peaceful place where you have, you're at peace and your mind can focus. And you know, you could just sing to God. You could just worship God. I, I challenge you, if you'll do that and you'll make that a part of your daily life, weekly life, by daily life, whatever, if you'll do what you can. Come on, for some of us, it might mean less TV time. Less TV time. For some of us, it may mean less, put the phone off, put everything that distracts us away. Turn it off. You know, we're so distracted. It's no wonder we don't worship. If I don't see, come on, could you imagine this day and age at the Red Sea? The Red Sea would be parting and everybody. (laughs) Hold on, let me get a video. Come on, I know. The Red Sea would be parting and. Did you see that? Nope. Missed it. Missed it. Why did I miss it? You missed the moment. I missed the moment trying to talk to somebody else that wasn't here about the moment. I missed the opportunity. Come on, let's, let's, when we come together, church, let's be here. I mean, let's just be where we are. Let's be with the people we're here with. Let's not focus on who's not here. Let's focus on who is here. Let, let, let's, let's focus on actually worshiping the Lord. Uh, uh, it would be so sad if we came together and somebody who's not here kept us from worshiping God. I can't worship the Lord. Uh, So-and-so, so-and-so. It doesn't matter. Somebody who's not here shouldn't keep you from worshiping God, and somebody who is here shouldn't keep you from worshiping the Lord. We need to worship the Lord. Hey, uh, it's it's sad when we don't. Go to a place. Find a spot where, where, you know, God likes to be in places where you like to be in because he loves you, and he wants to be with you. You know, there's times where I go to what? To, to places with my wife that I would not go to alone. Are you with me? 
I go there with her because she really enjoys being there. And I enjoy her and I love her. And so kind of vicariously, I like being there. But I want to be there because she's there. You know, God wants to be here because you're here. He doesn't want to be here because the room looks nice. He doesn't want to be here because we, we decorate it in a way that, that's pleasing to God, and so he's coming in. He wants to be here because we're here, and he loves us. And he deserves our worship, and he deserves our praise. And when we sing to him, let's worship the Lord. He's holy, holy, holy. We serve a thrice holy God. We, we, we serve a God who's great, victorious, wonderful. He's good. He keeps his promises. He's worthy of all praise. Worship begins with education. It grows with experience. The more you experience authentic worship, the more you'll grow in worship to God. The more you experience authentic worship, it matures in its expression. And I'll give you this last, last thought. It matures to where a song in the light becomes a song in the night. To where I can't, I don't just worship God when the circumstances call for it. Let's be honest tonight. This was an easy time to worship God. You ever see something really awesome? I, I love when it happens, something good happens at church. Um, you have people get saved and, and, and people get really excited. I love that. And we start to say, man, God is awesome. Look what he's doing. God's good. God's good. God's good. You know God's good when that awesome stuff doesn't happen. God's still worthy of worship when all that stuff doesn't take place. There's an element of excitement when we see God do something awesome. But here's what I want tonight for me. I want to be mature in my worship such that whether something happens or doesn't happen, my worship's the same. My worship's the same. A song in the light Immaturity becomes a song in the night. You know what those, those Israelites were going to have to learn to do? Worship God when things were hard. They didn't worship God in Egypt when they were in captivity. They didn't worship God when they were on the side of the Red Sea when their backs were to the wall. Are you with me? They weren't singing this song then. They weren't praising God. Nobody broke out the timbrels and nobody was dancing when uh, not the right kind of dance. No, they were, they were doing some kind of shuffle, but it, there was a panic shuffle going on on the other side of the Red Sea. They were, they, were, they were anxious, they were fearful, they were in panic, but then God did something awesome, and then they worshiped God. I want to grow in my worship to where I don't need God to do a miracle that everybody else can see in order for me to praise him, because he's worthy of my praise was God worthy of that song before he parted the sea? He was. Mature worship learns to worship God in the night. I want that kind of worship. Boy, this is a tough one, isn't it? Paul and Silas, and at midnight, and at midnight, they sang praises unto their God. They shook the prison with praise. Those guys in the prison, backs raw from their last beating, for preaching the gospel, preaching for God, serving God, feet, feet fast in the stocks, undeserved. They shouldn't have, shouldn't have had to be, be there. They were in a, in a bad place and at midnight. I like the Bible says that at midnight because I don't know about you, but at midnight, I don't feel like doing a lot even if I didn't get a beating. You with me? I'm just beat because it's midnight. How many with me tonight? It's, it's midnight. I'm just beat because it's midnight. You say, Pastor, I'm beat because it's 6.30 right now. 
I'm beat. I'm, I'm, I'm beat because, boy, it's just, life has a way of beating us up, doesn't it? Some of us uh, need to learn to worship God when we're beat, not just when we hear a beat. Not, not, not when just, you know, not, not when the, it kind of calls for it, not when we feel that immature worship needs that anthem. Immature worship needs that drive, that driving worship, worship, worship. It needs that. Mature worship, it doesn't even need the musicians to warm up. Doesn't even need to hear the... Mature worship is, I don't even need the songs. I, I don't even need... I'm already, I'm already here to worship. I'm, I'm already ready to worship. Come on, sometimes... Do we need the invitation music to invoke a decision? Some, some, uh, some megachurch pastors got this all down. If you play the right kind of music you get the right kind of reaction. If you do this, you get the right kind of, you can drive people to decision. Ever see people in a a, uh, restaurant chewing to the beat? You can control people with it. I mean, and and, and people who are smart, and a lot smarter than me, they, they know how to do that. I'm not trying to evoke some kind of emotion from you tonight to get you to make a decision that God hadn't put in your heart. I'm trying to say he's worthy of worship, and we need to grow in our worship a little bit to where we don't need to have... I remember, I remember the, the early days uh, when we didn't have a piano player. I remember, I remember talking to Samantha and saying, uh, can you play the piano? She said, I can't really play the piano. I said, can you play anything? She said, I can play like five songs. I said, we're going to sing those five songs. We'll just keep singing them over and over and over again. We did for some services. I think when we had the Sunday evening service, it was kind of a balance of we're going to sing these three on Sunday morning and these two on Sunday night. That was our repertoire. I mean, that was it. I mean, that was it. We just worship. We didn't need a repertoire to do that. Listen, I, I, I'm, I, I'm thankful for the music. I'm thankful for what God's doing. I'm thankful for all those things. I love it. But the truth is tonight, God is worthy of our worship without all of that. He's worthy of it. And we don't need to be tricked into worshiping God. We just need to be determined to actually do it. So you want your homework? Your homework this morning is be merciful, right? Your homework tonight is worship God. Worship God. Go home and worship God tonight. Lay your head on the pillow tonight and worship God. Just worship him. You say, what, what do I say? What do I sing? Well, if your spouse is trying to sleep, maybe, maybe singing wouldn't be the greatest, especially if, you, if you're not good at singing lullabies. If they have a good voice, sing your spouse to sleep. But worship the Lord. Uh, listen, tomorrow when you get up for work, worship God. While you're walking, worship God. While you're working, worship God. Come on, you with me? On your way home, worship God. Listen to music that encourages the worship, not just that evokes emotion, but that encourages you to worship to where it says God's great, God's victorious. The the focus is on him, not on us. Uh, That's why sometimes I I tire of of songs that your boyfriend's name could be replaced with God's name, and it really wouldn't change the song all that much. I'm I'm not saying that, listen, there's preferences to it. I'm not here to preach that tonight. But what I am saying is, God is worthy of our worship. 
and our motives need to be pure. And, you know, when we come together, when we gather together, let's sing. If we're going to sing, let's sing. If we're going to fellowship, let's fellowship. If we're going to give, let's give. But may it all flow from a heart of worship, a heart of worship. Worship's more than a song, isn't it? It's more than music. It's more than gathering. But everything we do corporately needs to flow from what we do personally. I don't want to gather together and fake it. How about you? I don't want to do that. I want to worship the Lord. And I want to worship the Lord. I mean, sometimes I drive by, I get up on the stoplight next to somebody, seeing them act like a fool because whatever music they're listening to. I think about, maybe somebody needs to drive up next to me and see me acting like a fool because I'm worshiping God. And, and, And by the way, it's not an act. I mean, our God's worthy of worship. And uh, I'm not trying to make you do anything uh, that maybe the Lord's not leading you to in worship. And I'm not asking for crazy tonight. I think our God's a God of order, not confusion. But I am saying we ought to praise God. We ought to worship God. We ought to flow from a heart that loves the Lord. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.